This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatool. Back again with you guys for another episode of Inketia. Your defense is in trouble. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Good morning to you all. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Thank you for everybody that continue to support and show so much love to the channel. It means everything. Um, and uh, you join me this morning uh, after, of course, not only this being an hour later, uh, for those that are wondering why around the world this show is not the usual time, that's because over here in the UK we've had daylight savings, uh, and of course that means that uh, everything has gone back uh, an hour, so uh, yes, apologies for that, so you're going to have to get used to the new time that the show is going to be dropping at. Here in the UK, it's still 8am, although it feels like 9am, so I'm feeling particularly rested and alive and well and uh, certainly very up for talking about Arsenal and Eddie and Ketia as well so uh, yes good morning to those joining us in the chat box very much appreciate everyone doing so uh, let's say good morning to people that have joined us uh, Masibulele, uh, James, Granddaddy Guna, E. Ash, Viraj, uh, we've got Rich Kanu, John, uh, we've got Black Shine, Matt Tomo, we've got John Rocks, Josh, Runs with Cows, Temi, uh, Maya, Stephen, Emmanuel, uh, Aiden, uh, we've got Rob, John, Mohammed, Nick, Barry, Sweating, Merlo, Stephen, John. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, it means so much. And I hope you enjoyed yesterday morning show as well. We did it in a very, very different way. I was, of course, staying at Mike's uh, flat in Highbury uh, last night after. And I did that. That's probably the show I've, I've done with the least amount of sleep. Uh, I had about three and a half hours sleep before doing that show. And yet we still did it. So I hope that you appreciated it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, had a good chat. First time I think we've ever done an 8am show where there's been more than one person in the room. Um, not to use that term uh, too often this show. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really enjoyable and uh, had a, certainly a very, very good weekend or Friday into Saturday. And today is going to be more chill. Today, uh, hopefully we can watch some other teams drop points. Hopefully we can, um, hopefully I can put away another 90 uh, scoring golf <laughs> so I'm off to play some golf for the first time in a long time uh, in some very wet weather it's not meant to be too nice today to be fair but hopefully maybe we'll get lucky we'll have to wait and see but 
We're here, of course, to talk about yesterday's results. Please make sure you drop a like on the video. Please make sure you subscribe uh, as well, because I would very much appreciate everybody um, Yeah, just continuing to enlarge this uh, TGT family as well. So your defence is in trouble because Nketiah is in the room. Uh, Arsenal 5, Sheffield United nil at the Emirates Stadium yesterday. Fantastic result for Arsenal. A result that creates some interesting talking points for a number of reasons, not only because of Eddie, but of course, also because uh, specifically the goal tally, the goal difference, the amount of goals scored now this season um, is it, drastically changed and changes a lot of the talk about, you know, Arsenal and if they're as free-flowing as, as they usually are. Now, I want to caveat this, and you're not going to like this. I don't think you're going to like this at all. But I want to caveat this show with the fact that Sheffield United is probably, are probably, the worst team I have ever seen in my entire life of watching football. I have never seen a worse performance than that. And I... <laughs> When we're going up to somebody yesterday after the game, um, and we were like, obviously fist pumping and you know very happy about the result. But then we both at the same time just looked at each other and went, "They were they were blooming awful, weren't they? <laughs> they were so bad. I've, yeah, they were absolutely dreadful." And I don't want that to undermine you know the performance and the talking points, but I think it is important to uh, I do I do think it's important to bring up that fact because obviously there are uh, you don't want to get too carried away you don't want to go too OTT about certain things and we'll be kind of analyzing individual performances and what people did in light of what was a very very poor team and it is worth saying that Sheffield United you know uh, Man United struggled to beat them the other only like a week ago Tottenham Hotspur very, very, very nearly um, didn't get a result against them. Oh, here we go. <coughs> I think I unmuted myself as I sneezed then. So apologies if you heard that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those where I'm like clicking the mute button and then managed to sneeze down the microphone. Fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly a brilliant result. And uh, even though it was a team that have, have really kind of tested some other sides uh certainly uh arsenal will be very happy that they came away with a very very good result indeed so uh let's uh let's go to eddie and ketia because there is only one place to start isn't there now me and you and a lot of other people and if i scroll down my comment section of our preview show and of course um if i scroll down the comment section of the last few days me and you guys we wanted Kai Havertz. We wanted Leandro Trossard. We didn't necessarily want to see Eddie and Ketia start. Let's be let's be honest with ourselves. A lot of us did not want to see Eddie start in this game. And continually, he has to battle against adversity and the opinion that Arsenal should be looking to replace him and Arsenal should be looking to upgrade him. And you know, that's that's the the conversation. That is what Eddie faces. All the time, constantly, every single time we have a discussion about the centre-forward role, he is never, ever, ever talked about specifically in this sense. He's never talked about being a potential option. He's never talked about being um, the long-term future of this club. He's never talked about owning that number 14 shirt for what it is, um, which is obviously a very historical thing in this club. And a lot of people 
I'm not saying everyone, and I'm sure there'll be some people in the chat that did want to see Eddie start this game. But I'd say that the majority, the majority wanted to see somebody like Trossard and wanted to see somebody like Havertz. And I'm in that majority as well. And you have, we have to hold our hands up. And we have to say, when a chance comes along, when an opportunity is there, you take it. And you know what? I get really frustrated with its comments like this from Damien. Um, who says scoring a hat-trick against the worst team in Premier League history is hardly an achievement. Can we just have a moment's silence, please, for a terrible opinion? <laughs> I hate this. I, I absolutely, like, really, really, and I'm hoping that you're joking, Damien. I really do. I hate this type of view. I hate it so much. It's the same as, like, when you talk about players playing in, like, certain leagues. It's it's like when, you know, Arsenal looking at somebody in the Eredivisie or in the Portuguese league or the Austrian league or something like that. And, you're, and people are calling them farmers leagues and things like this. And you're like, no, we can't. We don't want to. We don't want to sign those players because, you know, they're not being tested. They're not being used against, you know, those players. Look at the individuality of those goals. Look at what he does for those goals. The first one, the ball from Declan Rice is great. The touch is fantastic. And he has to finish. It doesn't matter how bad Sheffield United are. He has to take that touch perfectly. He has to turn away from, I think it's Austin Trusty, and he has to finish. And he did that brilliantly. It's nothing to do with the opposition in that moment. He's got to do what he's got to do in that position. The second goal, ball falls to him in the box. So easy to sky a shot from that position. And he's got to put it into one specific area of that net, and he does it. The third goal, I don't care who you are as a team that you're up against. I don't care who you're playing against. That's goal. That goal's going in against Real Madrid. That goal's going in against the best teams in the world. That goal is brilliant. It's nothing to do with who we were playing against. Every single goal could have happened in any single game whatsoever. And whilst I might joke with some friends about it, you know, at the time, because I myself have been very critical of Eddie and Ketia, and you know, throughout the entire time he's been at Arsenal, and I have been because I just. It's difficult to foresee a future where Eddie is the number one. And I don't know why that is. I think, obviously, there are performances like we saw when he came on against Chelsea. I was really disappointed with his performance when he came on against Chelsea uh, last weekend. I was really disappointed with that display. Um, no, sorry, not Chelsea. Sevilla. When he came on against Sevilla in midweek, I was really disappointed with his performance in that game. Um, I felt like it was an opportunity when Gabriel Jesus went off injured to really kind of grab that game and, and take it forward. And he, and he didn't. And I was gutted about that. But you can't say that he wasn't a really, really good performer in this game, regardless of who he played against, you know? And that's key. So I hope, I sincerely hope, that people can start giving him the credit that he deserves. Um, because it doesn't matter who the opponent was in this game. Every individual goal he scored would be relevant against every single opponent that he could come up against. You know, it wasn't like bad defending in those situations. He was opportunistic. He was great with his touches and he was great with his finishes. And you got to say, you know, fair play, Eddie and Ketia. I spoke to him after the game. You're going to get some quotes coming from him a little bit later on today. Um, and he was, you know, over the moon, delighted, but still very composed and still very humble uh, about that, you know, about what he'd achieved. Now, obviously, Arsenal scored a fourth in Fabio Vieira. I don't know why this took so long to get a... Uh, to get a decision 
I don't know why it took so long for a decision to be made about uh, the penalty. It was a blatant penalty. I know that there was discussion about whether it was in or outside of the box, but it was so obvious that it was inside the box. Every camera angle showed that it was inside the box. So I don't, I don't really get like why there was such a a discussion between the referees, VAR. And I don't know if you've watched the Newcastle game, but maybe you can see why they take so long to make decisions because they still make glaring, glaring errors. He Chan Huang does not foul in that moment. I think it's He Chan Huang. Um, there was no foul at all um, in the game between uh, Wolves and, and Newcastle. And uh, it was a blatant, blatant dive. Um, and yeah, so it, it was really odd that it took so long for that to be made. If it was because they were looking for an offside, again, it still took way too long for that to be made. Um, and you have to find a balance, you know, you have to find a balance. His first Premier League goal of the season. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about this season, guys, in the chat. <laughs> first Premier League goal this season. And, uh, you know, it, it comes to when it comes to a player like him coming off the bench and, and taking that chance. And apparently, you know, maybe there's congratulations to be had because it looks like potentially his family's got a baby on the way, which is good for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, let's let's. Let's wait and see, shall we, uh, what happens with Fabio Vieira in the future because I think there is still talent very much there. He's a really good penalty taker. I think he's got, you know, he's got depth for us. He's got options. He's got quality to give Arsenal and we look forward to that. Tommy Asu, though, scoring his first Arsenal goal. What a lovely, lovely opportunity. Well, I just, I know, I, 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 I love Tommy Asu. I think he's a brilliant footballer. I think he offers us so much as a player. And I do really think that he's a player that should be kept for the long term, that there aren't really too many question marks about. And and I think when you can play as well as you can in so many different positions, and you know, that right-back position is not my favourite role from his. In fact, it's, it's my least favourite role um, that he plays in. But uh, overall, very pleased with his performance. Overall, again, coming off the bench for Ben White, who I thought was good. We'll talk about him in a second. But Tommy Asu is so pleased for him to get his first goal. And I hope that we sign him up to a brand new contract. There's rumours going around that Arsenal want to extend um, his, uh, you know, his, uh, his his time with the club. And I think that's absolutely the right decision. Um, so fingers crossed, Tommy Asu can indeed sign that new deal and continue to play really, really well for us. Ben White was so close. So close. We nearly got it, people. Thank you to everybody that tweeted me <laughs> in that moment um, in which he absolutely cannoned an effort into the hands of Fodderingham. I thought we were going to get it. I really did think we were going to get the Ben White screamer. And uh, yeah, we, we came very, 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 very close to getting it. And uh, it shows you he's capable of it. You know, it shows you he's capable of absolutely spanking a strike into into the corners of the goal. It was a good save. I think the keeper was able to see it all the way. Maybe if he was a bit unsighted, it would have been more difficult and it would have flown in. But uh, yeah, we were so close, weren't we? We were really, really close. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone that did drop me some lines uh, throughout the course of the day uh, on TGT and on my personal account as well. I'm glad that everyone was in that moment thinking, oh, the TGT family would have been so happy if Ben White. So still... We are going to be predicting Tommy As uh, sorry to Ben White to score a screamer. We don't have to do any Tom uh, Tommy Asu predictions anymore because he's now broken his duck uh, for Arsenal. 
but yeah, Ben White Screamer still very much uh, in the offing uh, as well. Right, let's let's talk about something off-field because it's, it's important that we clean this one up. Um, Martin Odegaard was, uh, I say dropped, I don't like using that word because that's not even the right you know, terminology to use in this case. Uh, Martin Odegaard was rested for this game. Um, Mikel Arteta confirmed after the game that he'd been dealing with uh, an issue and over the last few weeks uh, has been playing with... Uh, a problem. And so I think that this is the, the really, really good uh, explanation. You know, there's been a lot of questions about Martin Odegaard's form, uh, about how he has been in, in those games. And uh, Dow says, we all owe our skipper an apology. And it's important then when we get, you know, um, this kind of information and this kind of clarity. And I think it's important that it's then applied and then we go and reevaluate what we've said about certain players when it is provided. Now, I can tell you that it's a hip injury um that Odegaard is is currently uh dealing with and so uh frustratingly that has that has been plaguing him for the last few weeks and so a, a rest has been the greatest opportunity he can get hopefully this game providing with that hopefully in midweek um Odegaard will probably be rested again and then we can see him back for the Newcastle game fully fit and hopefully over this problem I don't know how serious that it is I don't know how serious the problem is um so uh, I can tell you that that it's it's a hip problem and that he's been suffering with some pain um, and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully uh, well, he he gets over it. So there you go. Um, but lovely stuff um, to see that that opportunity to rest not just him, but we rested Gabriel and we rested. We brought players off early. Martin Ilian Saka also brought off quickly. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see how strong we go on Wednesday uh, against West Ham. I'm intrigued to see. Um, how how easy it is to, to to change things because there's also something to be said about giving players some minutes like even though Odegaard has had this injury I think that the Newcastle game I'd like to see Odegaard start and I would say that Smithrow and Havertz didn't really take their opportunities yesterday I don't you know they're they're the attacking midfielders in that team the emphasis is on them to make stuff happen um but we didn't we didn't see that much from Havertz. We didn't see too much, or a little bit more from Smith Rowe than Havertz. But both of them seemed more like enablers in the performance. We they both seemed more like uh, you know players that were there to kind of keep things ticking over, and all the threat came from the wide areas, and of course from the central striker as well. And I wanted to see more from Smith Rowe and Havertz, and sadly we didn't. And I think maybe it highlighted what you lose. When Odegaard wasn't there, I especially thought at, at half time that we were really missing him and missing his influence on the game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping, and, and that's to be honest, it's probably because of a lack of minutes. You know, Havertz and and in particular Smith Rowe haven't had too many opportunities. That was that was Smith Rowe's first start in a Premier League game since May 2022. Um, quite incredibly, that Newcastle game that sadly lost us the Champions League qualification that season in 21 22. That was the first Premier League start for Smith Rowe since that game. And uh, and that's probably part of it. But there's also something to be said about players. You know, when they get on, when they get into a game, um, that you have to take those chances. And people saying he got an assist. I see you in the chat. But let's be honest. Come on, let's be honest. It's one of those assists where 
you give it to a player and they then smash a shot in that's got like a 0.01 xg <laughs> and you're like yay what a great assist it's like those times where uh you see like a pass played to a player in his own half and then they run the length of the field and score you know that goal that son scored for spurs where i can't remember who it was that laid it off to him in like his own defensive third and then son ran the length of the pitch and scored and they're like yeah but you got an assist in that game <laughs> it's 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 hardly an assist is it he's just passed it to him Ketty has spun and absolutely smashed one in from 25-odd yards. So it, it's – and this is where I think, you know, numbers – it's a great example of where numbers – you know, people have been saying about Odegaard, like he's only got X amount of assists and X amount of goals this season. I'm like, you're not – I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Watching it properly. You're not watching Odegaard properly because if you're just looking off the back of numbers, you're never going to appreciate what he does in games. And I think that you appreciate him, especially when he's not there. And I think we definitely, definitely missed Odegaard, even in a 5-0 win. I still think we missed him, especially in the first half, to, to keep things, you know, a lot more. I think the right wing suffered a bit. You know, I think the left wing was a lot more. Um, we used the left wing a hell of a lot more because of that. And, uh, yeah, I hope that Odegaard comes back uh, towards, you know, just as soon as feasibly possible. Um, let's talk about the, the table. Uh, we have closed the gap, of course, with with the top again. And not only that, but I think the 5-0 win is really important to, um, you know, for our goal difference. And what's really, really interesting is that, obviously, before this game was played, um, before we played this fixture, Arsenal were five goals um, off of their tally at the same point in the previous season. So what that means is basically that, you know, by the ninth game, Arsenal had scored 18 goals. And by the ninth game of, of last season, uh, what we saw was um, Arsenal have scored 23 goals. Now, Arsenal have now scored 23 goals. And to be fair, I think by the same point this season we'd scored 24. So we're only one goal off of the amount of goals that we scored at the same point last season after 10 games in the Premier League. So all this talk of, you know, Arsenal aren't scoring enough. Um, you know, we don't look as good. We're not as free-flowing as we were last season. I hear you. Uh, and Arsenal were scoring, you know, arguably more goals in certain games with that 4-2 win against... Um, a uh, 4-2 win against Leicester. We scored three against Spurs. We scored three against Liverpool. Um, we scored three against Brentford. Uh, we obviously opened the scoring against um, Crystal Palace with a 2-0 win and we beat Bournemouth 3-0. But you know, this season, we've had two 4-0 wins and a 5-0 win against Bournemouth, PSV and, uh, and Sheffield United. And again, people would turn around and say, yeah, but look who we were scoring them against. For me, it's never about the comparisons of how many goals we score or what the metrics are necessarily in some cases. I just think that it's about Arsenal evolving. 
you know we are about it's about how you develop as a team how you evolve as a team what you do differently in so that you've got a better chance of winning i know there's probably people out there that will point out that we're three points worse off than what we were last season and the honest answer for that is to sure we're three points worse off than we were last season but do you know what we did this season that we haven't done last season we beat manchester city we took points off them They've now got to respond to us and go level with us at this point. And I think the league is tougher this season than it was last season. Obviously, Spurs are better. Liverpool are better. Villa are better. You know, um, I think it's tougher. You still got teams like Chelsea struggling. <laughs> and there's one thing missing from this picture, by the way, which, of course, is Chelsea. Oh, how glorious. How brilliant. Like That set up the day perfectly. You're all in the press lounge. I had my little chocolate cake to the sides. It was very nice. Um, and uh, and I was just watching as as Neil Mope. I've always loved Neil Mope. I, th- I thought he's a glorious human being. I think he's a, a wonderful person. I'm sure he does loads of humanitarian work. I'm sure. Um, I just watched as my favourite player in the entire world ran away from Robert Sanchez, <laughs> and because because Neil, Pe- Neil Mope is so good at football that he can't score an open goal from. 16 yards. He decided to lay the ball off to uh, to Brian and Buemo, who somebody took out of their fantasy team this week. <laughs> I don't know who. Somebody took Neil Mo, uh, somebody took Brian and Buemo out of their fantasy team this week. And and Buemo just breaks Chelsea hearts and uh, <laughs> apparently Chelsea are back. You know, apparently their draw against us meant they're back. Apparently, it meant that they're now, you know, they're a better team than us. It showed that they're a better team than us. Their best performance of the season couldn't even get them three points when it was our worst performance of the season. And, you know, the only thing that Chelsea are back is they're back in 11th place. That's the only thing that they've got back. Um, And Brentford are looking better. And obviously, we play Brentford in the league in a a few weeks. Ramsdale will be playing in that game, of course, which I suppose is another thing we've not really talked about today. David Ray didn't have to do anything. But what David Ray did do that isn't being talked about much is David Reyes pass to Gabriel Martinelli in the first half is one of the best goalkeeping passes from, you know, from his hands that I've ever seen. And we were very unlucky not to score in that moment. And that really might have changed the talk about his distribution, about his contributions. Yes, he's had errors. Yes, he's made mistakes. But that pass by David Reyes to Martinelli on the left wing was one of the best goalkeeping passes I have ever seen in the flesh. And he deserves credit for that. Then he was just calm, he controlled, he collected crosses. There wasn't any errors in the game. He wasn't tested, of course. I don't think they even face a shot. Did Sheffield United have a shot yesterday? I don't know if they did. Uh, Let me have a quick look. Um, They had two shots. None of them were on target. Did they count the one that was like an attempt from the halfway line that went out for like a throw-in? But yeah, uh, they they were dreadful. But uh, you got to give Ray credit when he deserves it. So... uh, when you're talking about, and one of the big things that you see, Paul says here, Tom Rea had no shots on target to face. But one of the big things we've talked about, Rea, is his distribution. We've criticized Rea for his distribution. And so when he does well with his distribution, we should praise that. So that's important to do. Um, but yeah, I was very happy with that. And I'm very happy just with the league table, besides what currently sits on top of it, obviously. Again, an incredibly lucky team. Spurs are just lucky to be where they are. I'm sick of the, the Ange ball praise i'm sick of him i can't believe i ever said i like the guy i hate him now uh, <laughs> um but uh you could have one shot on target 
and score two goals. That's that's what Spurs are. They're a team that are incredibly lucky. And I can't wait till that elephant that is sitting on top of that tree comes crashing down, hopefully, very, very soon. They've got a very difficult run of games coming up now. Hopefully, we take advantage of that. Hopefully, they falter. Of course, we've got a trip to Newcastle coming up. And Newcastle, no, Bruno Gimaraes will indeed be available because he um, didn't get another yellow card, which is annoying, but it is what he is. And we'll face a get we'll face a team that may not have Alexander Isaac. Callum Wilson's got two goals. I did put him in my fantasy team, um, but uh, yeah, I do think that uh, that that's going to be a tough game. But if Arsenal come through that Newcastle game, suddenly the league and the fixtures up until at least Christmas really opens up for Arsenal. So that's fa- that, that's really good news. Uh, really good news. Right, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Right, um, we're going to jump into the chat and we're going to tackle some of your questions. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, what we see is some some really inspiring questions going to make me think rather than where is Enketia? Because we all know the answer. He's in the room. <laughs> it's not going to get old. It's just not going to get old, is it? Um, right, uh, let's go to Anne's. Says, why isn't Saka talked about as a future captain for Arsenal? He's Mr. Arsenal, an inspiration for youth players, and he is always a 7 out of 10 and above. I'm underselling his value. That last line about him being always a 7 out of 10 or above, I'm not sure that I can... I'm not sure I can double down on that one. But what I would say is that he's he's certainly Mr. Arsenal of this team. Um, he, he absolutely embodies this club. He loves this club. Um, he enjoys being here. He was very honoured um, to to get the, the captain's armband. I can tell you yesterday, he was very, very pleased about that. And um, I think that hopefully one day that he does become, maybe. Because you, Erdegaard, I want to stay, see stay at the club for a very, very long time. And so because of that, I don't know if we'll ever see Saka become captain until maybe way further down the line, unless Erdegaard, of course, leaves, which I hope that he doesn't. But um yeah, it's nice that he's part of that group. It's nice that he's wearing that armband. I think it's a really, really positive thing. Uh, Marcus says, "R.O.P. Matt Perry." And I, yeah, agreed. Um, really sad news to wake up to this morning. I, I grew up watching Friends. I watched Friends um, religiously. Um, I can name you. I can answer pretty much any question about that. So, yeah, really sad news indeed. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, oh, goodness me, I'm. I feel like I've got allergies this morning. I'm about to go out and walk in a grassy field for four hours, hitting a ball around. So um, my allergies are going to take a right battery today, clearly. Um, Big Sosa says, hey, Tom, am I crazy? But I think Kivio might be better suited than Gabriel. (laughs) I think he's a better passer and a safer stay-at-home type defender. I think Gabriel makes some questionable decisions. No, the answer is no, Big Sosa. Gabriel is by far a better player than Kivio. Kivio is a really good talent and I'm excited to see what Kivior brings to the table but it's easy to talk about this when when Kivior's at a good display in a game where you know I think with Enketia you can appreciate the goals that he scored even though the opposition were what they were but when you're a centre-back against a team that offered nothing going forwards like and I mean nothing it's very difficult to have any defining conclusions about him you know very difficult um to to make some 
those key decisions there. So um, when it when it comes to somebody like that, uh, I, I think that there are other games in which we'll see uh, Kivio um, and what he's able able of, of producing. Hopefully we see him play in midweek against West Ham as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I thought that when he was tested and there was kind of moments where the ball fell to him, he dealt with it really, really well. You know, there were some really good moments from him. So that's really, really positive too. I actually don't know how long I'm going to be able to do this show because I feel like my allergies are, are really getting the better of me today. Uh, Phil Ed says, Tom, uh, I don't know if you see it like me, uh, but I've noticed our tempo has been slower than last season. Maybe this could be due to not being caught out in transition, something that we were a bit poor in before. Now, Clive made an observation on Twitter yesterday, which I certainly uh, noticed as well. Let me find you Clive's tweet because uh, it was very good. It was very, it was a very noticeable thing during the game. Um, it was yesterday. So every time we force the ball forwards, Arteta is not happy. He wants a million passes and patience. Fans want forward passes. This gap is one to be aware of when we watch games. So what he means by that, what, what Clive is talking about, is the fact that as fans, we were getting quite frustrated in the first half. Um, and there was a lot of chance for kind of really trying to push Arsenal forwards to get them forced up the field. And when Arsenal went a bit long and played those passes in behind, Arteta weren't too happy on the sidelines. He wanted patience. He wanted us to be in control. He wanted us to pass them to death, which I know people are annoyed about. But if we're being very honest, the best teams in the world and the teams that win those leagues are very controlled in what they do. And the build-up is slower and the build-up is more thought through and meticulous and accurate and premeditated. And because of that, I think it's also important to say that you look at the goals that we scored um, and I think that build-up, you know, Rice ball into Enketia, um, the second goal is obviously a build-up that gradually leads to a corner that we score from. Enketia's third goal, yes, is a long-range strike, but the build-up towards getting him into that position again was well thought through and slow and gradually reached that point. Um, the penalty comes from Arsenal, you know, again, suffocating the team in their own final third and eventually a darting run by Fabio Vieira is punished um, uh, and a penalty is awarded. And then obviously, we again, we build up play and we continue to suffocate the team and get another corner, which we score from again. So, yes, we're slower in how we build up. Uh, and yes, we're slower in what we're doing. But there's a reason for that. And it's definitely a positive thing. It's definitely a positive thing that leads us to having greater control and greater thought through uh, processes about our build-up play. Uh, Aaron says, I saw Clive and Elliot walking up to the Emirates Slope yesterday, uh, but it looked in good conversation. So I left them to it. I love those guys. Yes, I, I managed to see both of them yesterday. Obviously, I'd I was with Elliot for many, many hours on Friday evening. Some would say too many hours. Um <laughs> And as I left um, on uh, from the uh, the pub that we were at after the game, I popped in and said hello before I headed home. Um, as I was leaving and my uh, my Uber arrived, I uh, <laughs> Elliot quite literally chased after me to say goodbye. So he's he's a brilliant guy, love him to bits, and uh, had a great time. And the man's got the man's got a hell of a singing voice. I can tell you that, and and he loves people hearing it as well. Uh, so yeah, it was a great evening and really very much enjoyed that. Uh, Benji says, why do you think lately our left centre mid doesn't get touches on the ball? I've noticed this a lot lately with Odegaard and Smith Rowe getting way fewer touches than the rest of the team. Do you mean right centre mid there? Because obviously Odegaard would be right central midfield. 
Emil Smith Rowe less so. Um, much more on the left hand side yesterday, of course. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, Rice, when he's played left centre mid, has done really, really well and, and been very much involved in the games, like he was for Sevilla, like he was against um, Man City, like he was against Chelsea. So I'm not sure necessarily, Benji, if that's accurate. But uh, I thought both attacking midfielders yesterday weren't the best, didn't have the, the greatest, almost influential of games. So maybe that's a point to, to consider. Uh, Maximir says Tom Rice at six or eight or in between. I think he's great at both, mate. To be honest, I don't think we, we even need to. Uh, I don't think we need to differentiate now. I think we should just appreciate that he's great in both roles and and, and appreciate that. Um, that is that. Uh, you know. So yeah, I don't think we need to to choose that. Uh, John says perfect game for Zinchenko, but I played Tommy for Newcastle. What are your thoughts? Oh yeah, without a doubt, Tommy Asu should start against Newcastle. I'd probably start Zinchenko on Wednesday night against. Uh, against West Ham. Maybe Kivior goes at left-back. I don't know. But I think Tomiyasu has to play against Newcastle. It's the obvious choice for me. So, yeah, without a doubt, Tomiyasu should play at Newcastle. Um, Shun says, uh, been here for over two years now already. Wow, thank you, Shun. Um, or Sean, I hope I'm pronouncing that. Or Sion, um, you'll have to let me know. Uh, thank you uh, so much for your continued support. That is very, very kind of you indeed. Uh, Morgie says, Tom, I shouldn't judge players by transfers paid. Um, rather than their worth on the pitch. But I can't stop comparing the performance of Trossard and Kai and the relative money that we've paid. It just doesn't seem comparable. And you're right. The the contribution of um, Trossard has been far and away greater than, than we've had from Havertz so far. And I think that it's just, it's just a case... Um, it's just a case, ultimately, of, of waiting and being patient with Havertz and hoping that he can hoping that he can ultimately, you know, improve and have greater impact. I do think that maybe his role in, um, I think his role in the team under Arteta is gonna, not going to be the same as it was by Leverkusen. I think that, um, I, I think that his role under Arteta is not going to give you those consistent, frequent, dynamic moments that grasp our attention and that what Arteta wants from him maybe isn't you know, uh, isn't going to be as well stated. But we're in a title race. Again, he's played big, big parts of this season. He's been big, big parts of some big performances. And maybe we're not giving him enough credit. But then I see a comment here. Um, let me find it. Um, where's the comment? Where's the comment? Um, it was a really good point. Uh, front yard, was it? Yes. Uh, Tom, I'll be honest. I want to applaud every Arsenal player. But I can't stand everyone applauding Smith Rowe when he was poor and then shaming Havertz when he was average. And I think this is fine as a point to point out. You know, I think it has merit. It is frustrating that everyone batters Havertz for having a poor display. And when Smith Rowe was no better than him, really, that he gets a big, you know, lots of praise. And I think it's just part of, um, you know, he's obviously a Hailender and there's a big attachment with Smith Rowe and that obviously makes things a bit different to a player that we've signed from a rival that's cost us a lot of money and people maybe would have rather have seen that spent on a James Madison, you know. So all of those things, um, I think, probably lead to, to why we find ourselves where we are with that. Um, hopefully it changes, but I don't think Havertz is going to change people's minds until he has a, you know, a, a game where he really does grab it by the scruff of the neck and, and changes things for us. But maybe that's just not what Arteta wants from him. Uh, I am going to wrap things up there. 
I am struggling with my allergies today, uh, so apologies for that. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new. I hope you have a fantastic Sunday. I hope that we see more points dropped by our rivals. Keep those fingers crossed that we do. Um, and just remember that when Ketty is in the room, your defence is very much in a hell of a lot of trouble. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mc delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.